Good morning, all listeners. It's Saturday, March 2nd, 2024. It is 7.56 a.m. Pacific time, and this is episode 307 of Ball Talk with Boogie and the Baron. Ah, Boogie! And I am the Baron. Ladies and gentlemen, happy March! Yesterday, the calendar turned to March, the best month of the year. It is the 2nd of March, 2024. It's a beautiful morning out here in Las Vegas. 7.56 a.m. here on the West Coast. lot to talk about on today's episode 307, Boogs. We got a loaded Saturday college basketball card. The best Saturday basketball card that we've had this entire season. It's the last weekend of... College basketball regular season without there being any conference tournaments. When you look at today's slate of all the top 25 games, 26 of the 32 participating teams on this card are currently projected in the NCAA tournament. The NCAA will give out their weekly top 16 overall seeds here in about 90 minutes on CBS if you guys want to check that out. But on today's show, we got a seven-pack of picks from a loaded card. We have two conference tournament brackets that were finalized last night that we will go over and preview for you, perhaps give you a couple of uh, Cinderella's and a couple of favorites to look out for in those smaller conferences. But first and foremost, we're bringing back Old Reliable, Boogies, Topics, and Tidbits. Yeah, uh, first off on the slate today, we got five ranked team, five games of ranked versus ranked team. So it's going to be an unbelievable slate. Uh, there's a lot of bubble teams as well playing against some other ranked teams. It's going to be a very, very interesting Saturday. Maybe some upsets, uh, maybe some teams playing uh, their way into this tournament. Uh, but first and foremost, Shout out to Caitlin Clark. Uh, first off, she has declared officially for the WNBA draft. Uh, of course, she is now um, bypassed Kelsey Plum two weeks ago uh, for women's NCAA career scoring record. And now Lynette Woodard's women's major division college basketball career scoring record. She's got 3,650 career points. She's only 17 points behind magnificent pistol Pete Maravich for the most in major division college basketball. This girl is unbelievable. Uh, I can't wait to see her probably in the NBA all-star lineup weekend, probably playing against Steph uh, for uh, three-point shots. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of which, they even have a prospect bet today if you would like to bet a prop. Uh, Ohio State is playing at Iowa today where – she will break the record, no doubt in my mind today. They have three-point field goal on the 18th shot, 18th point. What type of shot will be used when Caitlin Clark scores her 18th point of the game versus Ohio State, breaking the all-time scoring record? Three-point field goal minus 110, two-point field goal plus 160, and free throws plus 400. The entire world is going to be watching this game. I'm going to go three-pointer, and I have one correction to make. Uh, Iowa actually plays Ohio State tomorrow. Uh, it's the third, kind of a standalone game. Senior night uh, in Iowa City. Kaylin Clark leads the NCAA boogie in points and assists per game. Unbelievable. People are like, oh, yeah, she just shoots all the time. She leads the NCAA in assists as well. 32-9 and nine per contest from Kaitlyn Clark looking to get another Final Four run. In 
Iowa in our last season. Just a unbelievable talent and uh, the best college women's basketball player we've ever seen. And soon to be the highest scoring college basketball player of any gender of all time. Yeah, she's been on fire. Obviously, she got the loss last year. Uh, against Reese and uh, LSU in the uh, the final, but we will be looking forward to seeing what uh, she can do in the WNBA next year uh, as there's been a lot of records that she has broken and just an unbelievable job by her for her career. Uh, of course, uh, that said, we also have some other options that we're working on right now with the NFL. The NFL is doing their, their, uh, their draft. The, uh, the combine, the combine, yes, and there's a lot of things going on there. Uh, what is uh, going on with the NFL combine? A lot of trades uh, with Justin Fields possibly looking at uh, being moved. Uh, with Caleb Williams, the number one pick, possibly uh, can't can't go wrong with the Chicago Bears, can you? I mean, they haven't had a really good NFL passer in uh, what yeah. for, forever. Jim McMahon. Yeah, I don't know. Jim don't McMahon know. and 85 Bears, but Jim McMahon had a good defense. So Jim McMahon was more of a Trent Dilfer type, probably ever in history. Probably ever history. Uh, we also have a, uh, a lot of guys trying to figure out if they're going to take medicals. Did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And there's a lot of guys also not even participating. Caleb Williams is like, I'm not doing it. Marvin Harrison ain't doing it. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, as of right now... It's looking like the Bears are going to trade that number one pick and draft Caleb Williams. Um, to whom you ask? I don't know. I heard the Steelers a lot, but I don't know. I just, I just don't know. What's up with Kenny Pickett? Uh, from what the GM said the other day, mm. they believe in Kenny Pickett and they want Kenny Pickett to be the starting quarterback. But hmm. maybe he's trying to save face. Who knows? But Fields maybe going to Atlanta then. Atlanta, maybe? Atlanta could work. You got Cousins on the market. You got Russell Wilson on the market. A lot of quarterbacks on the market. A lot of quarterbacks being drafted high in the draft as well as uh, you have Caleb Williams, uh, Jaden Daniels from LSU, Drake May, North Carolina, looking like the first three picks off the board. Fourth pick off the board, whom do you think that is? J.J. McCarthy projected to be the fourth quarterback off the board. They're saying he can go anywhere from number two all the way down to like a double-digit early first-round pick. Don't know what's going to happen, but... A lot of scouting combines. I was watching a little bit of it the other day when I was uh, making dinner, and I'm like, man, they got a kid from Florida State defensive lineman who ran like a 4.740. He was flying. Wow. We know that the defensive ends are very popular. Penn mm. State's got a good one, too. Um, a lot of people comparing the Penn State D lineman in this thing to uh, Parsons from the Cowboys. Uh, but this is where you this is where you make your money. This is where you build your franchise, you build your team. It's all about grabbing the right guys for the right system at the right time. I don't know. I mean, can you go with JJ uh, McCarthy over a uh, Michael Penix, even though he has issues with injuries? I don't think so. And I know Michael Penix is set to do his combine day here, I believe, this weekend. And uh, he has been uh, a lot of buzz over there. Um, and I understand why. Watching him play in person um, throws one of the most beautiful spirals I've ever seen. So Penix, eyes on him. You obviously have a lot of uh, skill players up there, defensive players, and that's what they look for. The, you know, and the crazy part about the draft is, is you can find a, a future position player for a long period of time at any place in the draft. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft. He's starting quarterback for the 49ers. 
Got a bunch of late round picks. I mean, you look you look back to Travis Kelsey being picked in the '60s and Tom Brady, obviously, and a lot of these guys you could just find them late on. But a lot of these higher up first picks. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is obviously going to be a difference maker wherever he goes. Brock Bowers from Georgia. Um, Adunze, the receiver from Washington, Malik Neighbors, LSU, a lot of O-linemen. You got uh, Notre Dame has one, Penn State has one, Michigan has one, um, you know, Alabama has one. Uh, there's a lot of good players in this year's draft. Um, Bo Nix and, and J.J. McCarthy, two other quarterbacks being talked about a lot. Um, not sure how their games will transition into the NFL. But that's why we have the draft, and that's why they play the games. That's why they play the games. And, I mean, how many times do you see the number one quarterback actually fade out and bust? All the time. This is true. All the time. I do know that uh, based off of what I've been reading um, on Steelers Depot, which is like the number one source for, for Steelers news, that my Steelers are definitely looking to use their 20th overall pick in this draft on a... Five-star offensive lineman. Um, some are saying J.C. Latham from Alabama mm. could trade up to get him. Uh, he's a right tackle. Um, and if you think about it that way, I like that. If I hope we can grab him because you got Broderick Jones, who they drafted last year from Georgia with their first-round pick at left tackle, J.C. Latham at left tackle. You kind of got the tackle positions from the future sealed up for Pittsburgh, which has been their biggest issue in the last decade. Two SEC just monsters a tackle. I like it. And then maybe we can make a move for a Fields or a Cousins or a Russell Wilson. I'll take whoever. I think Pickett belongs on the roster. I think he needs to sit behind a veteran, though, for a little bit. I agree. And then, like, kind of how Big Ben did, sitting behind Tommy Maddox for a year and then coming on. Um, we drafted him, I thought, prematurely that year. as more of an emotional pick. Obviously, he was hurt a lot of his first couple of seasons. Year number three, he's young. Maybe bring in a Cousins or a, or a Russell as veterans who only has a few years left. And then let Kenny get to 25, 26, 27. Plug him in. Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith his first couple of years. So mm. it's not a problem to learn from a veteran. No, it's not. Pickett had one year with Big Ben. That was it. Yep. I'll tell you what. These medicals, though, they, they really can be tricky. I mean, these guys don't want to show some of their medical issues. Uh, yep. Came out uh, yesterday, I believe, Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama. Great star cornerback. Yeah. Probably a top 10 pick. They just found out he's got a Jones, uh, it's called the Jones fracture oh uh, of his uh, fifth metacarpal, I believe, of his foot. Uh, so they're going to go ahead and uh, fix that up. Uh, he should be okay. It's like a three-month recovery, so he should be good for training camp. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, don't understand why Caleb Williams didn't want to go through that. But supposedly it's just because he knows who he's going to be playing for, most likely the Chicago Bears. Yeah. And when he gets into his interviews and has his actual one-on-one uh, pro day with those guys, mm -hmm. he'll be able to do the medical as well. And it's safe to say that no matter what happens, whether the Bears – Pick field or pick uh, Caleb Williams or trade the pick and keep Justin Fields, that they will find a way to screw it up. That's Probably. kind of been the ebb and flow Probably. of their franchise, as we've talked about. Um, the, you know, '85, their last Super Bowl, lost Super Bowl to Peyton Manning. You know, Devin has to return the kick and all that. Uh, ever since then, the, the the franchise has kind of been in shambles. Never know what you're going to get. And uh, very exciting though. NFL offseason is underway. But, Bugs, 
We have some bigger fish to fry today, and I also want to have a little side note too about back to Caitlin Clark. Mm. You guys can, uh, everybody can watch this game. They play. She plays uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow. Fox, Ohio State is number two in the country, and they're number six. This is a battle of the top two teams in the Big Ten. It's going to be so, a great game. Clayton Clark to break the record also could be a very, very good basketball game. Mm-hmm. So might be something worth watching. Check it out. We have some mid-major conference tournaments beginning next week. So far, up to today, only two were decided. With the Atlantic Sun and the Sun Belt finishing their regular seasons last night, the um, conference tournaments, our brackets have been out, and we got the printouts. And, you know, Boogie knows me all too well. I got my little manila folder that says March Madness 2024. Love it. It's going to have all the conference tourney brackets. This is where we start our capping for the big dance. And we start with 363 teams, and we narrow it down to 68. One day at a time, teams will be eliminated one after another, and other teams' dream is alive. Anybody that's in these tournaments has a chance to play in the big dance. Doesn't matter what seed you are, whether you're number 10 seed Jacksonville, number 9 seed Kennesaw State, who just so happens to be the first game of this tournament. This tournament set up Billy for the Atlantic Sun is the one, the first tournament that is uh, underway, so to speak, for next week as their first round is March 4th with uh, Kennesaw State and Jacksonville and Florida Gulf Coast and Queens. Side note, Queens is ineligible. If Queens uh, wins this tournament as the eighth seed, the automatic bid will go to Eastern Kentucky because they won the regular season title. Just a little quick little tidbit there. Mm. Um, the way that this shakes out, Boogie, when we look at this bracket, it's a little bit unorthodox. Kennesaw State and Jacksonville State is the 9 and the 10. They match up, and then Florida Gulf Coast and Queens is the 7 and the 8. They match up. Why is it like that, you ask? Kennesaw State and Jacksonville, the winner of that plays Eastern Kentucky the next day. They're playing this game at Eastern Kentucky's gym. Mm. So, Kennesaw State, Jacksonville State, the 9 versus the 10, with the winner to play Eastern Kentucky. So, back-to-back games in the same gym. Same thing with uh, Stetson getting the 2 seed. They get the bye. Florida Gulf Coast and Queens is the 7 and the 8. They're playing at Stetson's gym. Winner plays Stetson the next day. Um, all of these games are held at campus sites, yes. and they reseed after every round. So you have the first round on Monday. You have the quarterfinals on Tuesday. Then Wednesday's a travel day because they do it similar to the way the NFL does their playoffs. Mm-hmm. So out of your quarterfinal matchups, they reseed everybody. Whoever the highest seeded team is will host the lowest seeded team. Whoever the second highest seed is will host the second lowest team. Then you fast forward to March 10th when the championship game takes place. Whoever the highest seed remaining is will host the lowest seed. So in theory, Florida Gulf Coast could make a run all the way to the finals. And if Kennesaw or Jacksonville State, who's a 9-10, and 10, make a run, Florida Gulf Coast will host the championship game as a 7 seed. Makes sense. Kind of how that works. Very interesting. Cream of the crop in this conference has been Eastern Kentucky with a 12 and four record, um, 17 and 13 overall. But then there's all these these uh, I'd say top three uh, top three seeds are all pretty good. Um, Stetson's had a great year, 19 and 12, 11 and five in conference. Lipscomb, who's a popular choice, they've been in the. Uh, <laughs> I love that name, Lipscomb. <laughs> they've been in the dance uh, quite frequently. They've been a cast cow for us in uh, conference tournaments yeah. in the past. 
getting to advance a couple times. I remember they played North Carolina in an opening round game, scored 70 on them. Problem is, a few years back when they played North Carolina, they gave up 100 points. So they lost 170. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't really see any of these lower-seeded uh, teams getting in. Um, we're actually already down to 361, Boogie, because Central Arkansas and Bellarmine, the, the last two teams in the standings, they don't qualify for the tournament. They only take the top 10 teams. So Central Arkansas and Bellarmine both out of this. And it's interesting to say the least. I don't see, based on the, what I'm looking at, any of these middle-of-the-road type teams making a run. It's probably going to be a chalky kind of thing, especially the fact that the uh, higher seeds are going to host. Um, so I feel like you got to, obviously, Eastern Kentucky being the favorite. Um, well, that Lipscomb, who comes in as the number three, uh, just beat the number one Eastern Kentucky yesterday, 81-67. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, if Eastern Kentucky, who is the number one seed, can uh, be competitive in their own tournament at the number one seed. Yeah. If they lose, they lose at home. It's They have to lose at home. So I, I like where your head's at. I, um, I like Lipscomb. And, um, you know, just because it's March Madness, the number one overall seeds in these conference tournaments barely win. We'll give you guys a little sleeper pick here. Lipscomb, the three... The, the three seed, go check out what the odds are to win the Atlantic Sun, and I'm sure Lipscomb will get pretty good value. So we'll give you Lipscomb. I like that, Do yeah, you like that one? Yeah, Lips, like. Lipscomb. 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 Yeah, oh, no. So Lipscomb is our pick to win the Atlantic Sun, and we will see if that stands true. The other conference tournament that begins, this is all neutral sites. This is more standardized. The uh, Sun Belt. Very, the Fun Belt. The fun very, belt. very similar to the big-time conference tournaments is the Sun Belt, which takes place down in Pensacola, Florida. Great event. Uh, they play. It's kind of fun. They, they play every couple days, and then they ramp up at the end. Um, it starts with the first round on the 5th, uh, second round on Thursday the 7th, so a couple-day break, even though they're all there. Um, couple-day break again for the quarterfinals on Saturday, and then Sunday the 10th, Monday the 11th are the semifinals and championship game. This is a straight neutral site across the board type of thing. And Boogie, obviously your two favorites in this thing is Appalachian State and James Madison. Appalachian State won yesterday to clinch their first Sun Belt uh, regular season title in school history. Um, we did see App State in the tournament. About three years ago they got in. They they were the four seed in the Sun Belt and they won the conference tournament to get in. Um, but these two teams are... The odds-on favorites to cut the nets down and get this auto bid. Obviously, a one-bid league. Boogie App State finished with 26-5. and five. The number two seed, James Madison, was a, a darling of a team this entire season at 28-3. and three. Very good year. There are three losses in conference. <coughs> we actually bet James Madison a few times this yes. year, too. Yeah, you know, James Madison actually comes <coughs> in with 28 wins already. Bless you. And uh, but they yeah we've been watching them since uh, the holiday tournaments in yeah. in December uh, they crushed teams like Old Dominion eighty four sixty nine back in December 9th. Uh, of course they also came up with some great wins uh, they wound up in a close game and lost January thirteenth against this App State team fifty nine fifty five but they have been a very very strong team all season long I know that they also gave. 
uh, some scares. Fresno State, they crushed Fresno State 95-64. And, of course, uh, with that said, do you remember the banger that we saw and I was not happy about this game was my boy Coach Robbie Senderoff out of Spring Valley, New York. We we lost that game. Kent State lost 113-108. James Madison took care of business there. That was a banger. Uh, And then... Who could forget the game before that? Michigan State. Michigan State loses to James Madison 79-76 back on November 6th. And I think that's when they started uh, to put people on notice. James Madison was in the top 25 for a a small portion of time. So James Madison started the year as, oh, wow, this team, like they could get an Mm -hmm. at-large. That's obviously out of the question now. You kind of have to go undefeated in the Sun Belt, and you still might not get an at-large bid. But this, all eyes point to James Madison versus App State in the conference championship game. Appalachian State swept James Madison this year. They always say it's hard to beat a team three times, but I'll tell you something about App State, uh, brother. They have, they have size. Mm-hmm. They got size. James Madison got the speed. We know speed kills, but size matters in basketball. We're looking at, I think it's safe to say we're looking at a App State James Madison winner go home championship game down in Pensacola. The question is, does App State beat James Madison three times? I will see. Um, I mean, it's really hard to do the trifecta for sure. It's been done, but it's really hard to do that. I think James Madison, though, could actually win this game, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, With this said, it will be in Pensacola, Florida, uh, where, of course, it will be a neutral site court. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that James Madison has a good chance to win this game. I think we're going to go James Madison because I'm going to do everything I can to fade these one seeds. I remember last year out of the 32 conference uh, tournaments, only like six of the 32 were won by the number one overall seed. That's what makes March Madness so great, especially in these one-bid leagues where, hey, congratulations, you won the regular season. Now, granted, if App State does not win this, they will get an automatic bid to the NIT. But like my dad used to always say, that's the non-invited tournament. Nobody wants to go to there. I don't even watch those games. Um, And from a strength of schedule perspective, we talked about how James Madison has that win at Michigan State. When you look outside, of, I mean, obviously the Sun Belt Conference is okay. Outside of beating James Madison twice, you know, when you look in the non-conference, this team's best win is against, like, UNC Wilmington. I lied. They beat Auburn. Appalachian State beat Auburn. We found it. So that's interesting for me. Mm. I was thinking, okay, James Madison beat a, a Power 5 team. So did App State. Yeah. So Auburn, Miss State. Auburn now. SEC, too. Miss State. And this is similar the teams they beat and the teams they are are it's the same trajectory. Beginning of the year, nobody really talked about App State. They actually started the season one and two, mm-hmm. and uh, you look at them beating Auburn. App State turned it on towards the end as the season went on, as did Auburn. Michigan State and James Madison started off hot and kind of petered out at the end. Erase all the records when it comes to this, my friend. James Madison to win the Sun Belt. Okay, I want to write this down somewhere. Write it down. Remember it. Let's get some futures going. <laughs> Let's go. When we leave here, we're going to go bet Lipscomb to win the A-Sun and James 
Madison to win the Sun Belt. I like this, Boogie. We need to do this for every conference. We really do. Throw you some know, futures in. I mean, there was App State lost. UNC Asheville got got uh, crushed 76-63. Yeah. Uh, they lost to Troy. Again, at Troy, though, 66-62. <clears throat> Uh, of course, they lost to Oregon State earlier in the season and Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois, not very good team. You can always look um, in these mid-major conferences. It's always kind of like a mixed bag, a trail mix. You know, you don't know what you're going to get. You, you, you know, you beat Auburn, you lose to Troy. You, they lost to Northern Illinois and Oregon State. I mean, Texas State, mm-hmm. who is like the 11 seed in this thing. It's always going to be wide open. These two teams, though, I believe will get there. So, uh, yeah, I like it. Uh, So, we have the Atlantic Sun, the one versus the three, with the number three Lipscomb winning. And App State, the one versus the two, with uh, number two seed winning. I like that. Love it. Maybe we can go and uh, sprinkle a little future bet when we leave here. We will provide more updates to conference tournaments that are beginning. As I said today, mid-major conference tournaments begin this week. This Coming week will be the last week of the big boy regular season as uh, this will be the second to last Saturday that the Power Five conferences will go at it. And then Boogie, starting the following Monday, which is March the 11th, every single game from the 11th to the 17th will be a conference tournament. It's called March Madness, and I'm ready to go with it. I'm ready to meet up with you on Sunday the 17th, and hopefully people aren't watching NASCAR. <laughs> that, that was an inside joke there. but that, Yeah, that was a funny we, I think we've talked about it yes. in episodes past, so our listeners know what yes. we're talking about. We, we've had some issues with college basketball. I don't know why nobody likes college basketball. People watching NASCAR over Selection Sunday, watching the Vegas Golden Knights in a regular season game over the national championship game. Mm. Some people just don't make sense. No. But hey, different strokes for different folks. Right. We're all different. All different walks of life here. Yep. We're just here to, to have some fun. Seven picks today, though. So let's dive into it. It's 822. This game starts here in about 45 minutes. Florida-South Carolina matchup of ranked teams. Currently in this field, uh, Florida is number seven seed in Joe Lenardi's bracket. South Carolina is a six. Both of these teams have had pretty good seasons, and they've both won their last couple of games. Very close in the SEC standings as well, as uh, South Carolina is currently the three. Florida's currently the five. This potentially could be a you know, a late-round matchup in the SEC tournament, which promises to be a beautiful event from Nashville, Tennessee, as it is every year. I don't know if you guys have watched much of Florida, but this team can freaking score, man. They score 13 points more a game than South Carolina. South Carolina's more of a grind-you-out defensive type of team. Florida just likes to run. I think Florida has better athletes and overall the better team. Anytime you see a higher-ranked team at home not even laying the home three, that is a red flag. Me and Boogie spotted this red flag out from a mile away. And a Florida win here actually moves them up the rankings in a tie with South Carolina. And uh, I like Florida to improve their stock here. And so does Boogs. We're going to take the two points in a game Florida could win. We'll take two. Yeah. I mean, Florida has been on fire lately. Uh, they do lead the all-time series against South Carolina, 48-28, to including a 24-15 and record on the road. Uh, January 25th, they just played earlier about a month ago, a month and a half ago. Uh, Gators also won 21-point home victory over the Gamecocks, 81-60. to I think that the... Uh, Game will be closer because it's on the road, but Florida gets the win again and sweeps the series. 
<coughs> Catch that game in 45 minutes on ESPN 9 a.m. for those of you that would like some action today on the Gators. I think I might go get the Gators the first thing in the morning here when we're done here. 10 o'clock, Big Ten Network's our next game. Illinois at Wisconsin. This is weird because Wisconsin's at home and they're ranked, but we know why. Wisconsin is a NCAA tournament team, currently a six seed, Illinois a five seed. Illinois has been on fire, man. They've been scoring some points, too. Their last five games, they've scored 105, 95, 89, 85, 97. Terrence Shannon Jr. is a top five scorer in the nation. Marcus Damascus, great. Quincy Gurrier, the transfer from Oregon. They got a good squad over there with Illinois. Um, this is uh, Illinois is the two seed right now in the Big Ten, and uh, Wisconsin is the four. So this has a semifinal Big Ten uh, matchup written all over it. And five and six seed in the NCAA tournament, respectively. Usually we would raise red flags about this, but whenever I uh, whenever we capped it out, I mean it's looking like a two point uh, spread for Illinois, and they're getting three which is interesting. But we're seeing the value there, all the money and bets coming in on Wisconsin. Illinois has been on fire, and I think uh, getting the points here is one of our better bets today. Illinois plus three at Wisconsin. They've been good on the road too. Yeah, Terrence Shannon has been on fire since uh, he was suspended. Um, Illinois also has been taking care of business on the road. Uh, We also have this Wisconsin team has been not very good. Uh, They were 16-4 and their first 20 20 games. They're just going two and six. Their last eight. Uh, they've had losses against Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan, who's horrible. Rutgers, Iowa, and Indiana. Their wins also came against Ohio State and Maryland. Uh, Ohio State also just changed coaches. Okay. Uh, Maryland not very good this year. Uh, this team, it looks like it's going to uh, put some good damage in the in the tournament as well with Shannon and Domas. Uh, I like Illinois today, and they're catching two and a half. <clears throat> this game is all about Illinois and being able to take care of the ball, and I think they can do that against a Wisconsin team that's not as good as they used to be, especially uh, being at home. Uh, not impressed with them this year. Illinois. Illinois plus the three points. Uh, Lenardi has them as a four. The NCAA very may well have them as a top four seed. A lot of games to be played, especially that Big Ten tournament. They make a run at that. Brad Underwood, head coach of Illinois, looking to get them to the second weekend in the NCAA tournament for the first time in a long, long time. They have not been to the Final Four since D. Brown and Darren Williams when they lost to North Carolina in the national championship game in 2005. So it's been about 19 years since Illinois has been to the Final Four. Mm. We'll see what happens with Illinois today. We do like them getting the three in a possible another outright win. Mississippi State and Auburn is our next game, 1 o'clock on ESPN2. Auburn has been really good at home this season with their lone loss coming a couple weeks ago against Kentucky, who is a bipolar team in their own right. Auburn's coming off a close eight-point loss at Tennessee. Mississippi State lost a heartbreak earlier this week at the buzzer to Kentucky. Right now, Auburn sits in the four slot in the SEC. Um, Mississippi State sitting in the seven hole right now. Both these teams projected to make March Madness, with Auburn a four seed and Mississippi State an eight seed at this point. <clears throat> Both of these teams participated in last year's big dance as well. And Mississippi State, um, they found some offensive rhythm. That's the biggest difference for the Bulldogs this year. A lot better on offense. Last year they were a little stagnant with just feeding the post and feeding Tolu Smith inside mm-hmm. and having a floor general point guard. Both of those guys are back, but they have a freshman they drafted from Madison, Mississippi, named Josh Hubbard. 
He gets hot. Mississippi State can make a surprise run to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. He shoots about 10 threes a game. So they got that outside presence they've been looking for. They have a floor general point guard and a dominating big man combined with a good rotation of role players. They don't get blown out a lot. Uh, This team keeps games close. Auburn is very good at home, but I don't see Auburn blowing Mississippi State out here. They're way too balanced and way too good on the defensive end of the basketball court. Nine points is a lot down there um, at Novell Arena, of course, where Auburn is great, 15-1 this season. But Boogie and I just think Mississippi State could really go in there and give these guys a run for their money, especially coming off a devastating, heartbreaking uh, buzzer-beater loss to Kentucky. We'll take Mississippi State getting nine at Auburn. Yeah, I just think this is too many points for Mississippi State uh, to not to not cover this. They keep it close against Auburn all the time. Um, their last game out, they did beat uh, Auburn 64-58 at home January 27th. Uh, Auburn uh, kept it close. And then, of course, uh, at home last time Auburn played, they only won by six January 14th of last year. Um, I think this is a good game for Mississippi State to catch points and cover, uh, I think, in a close battle against Auburn. No team has improved more offensively than Mississippi State this year in the whole country. Last year when they lost to the first four against Pitt, they were in the 300s in scoring offense, only scoring 62 points a game. They've improved that by 13 points a game this year, now scoring 75 a contest. Their last three games, they scored more than 80. So this team can score now and still play great defense. A lot of pieces being plugged in at Mississippi State. Good sleeper school to look out for, not only in the SEC tournament and here in a couple weeks, but also they get into madness. Hubbard gets hot. Big man Tolu Smith in the paint and a good point guard, senior. That's what it takes to win games in the dance. Yeah, the senior leadership, of course. And you have Tolu Smith, the third. And don't forget about DJ Jeffries as well. Another senior. So you should be able to uh, get some good leadership there. And that's where we're looking. Mississippi State, take care of business today. That's what it takes to win in the dance. AAC action at 1 o'clock on ESPN Plus. Number 25, South Florida against Charlotte. South Florida beat Charlotte by three earlier uh, in the season. South Florida has not lost a basketball game since January 7th. They're 14-1 and in conference play. They're not getting a lot of respect from the computers, from the polls, from the bracketologists. Currently an 11 seed, even though they're 21-5 and and 14-1 and in conference play and haven't lost a game in two months. They're the one seed in the conference right now, and Charlotte is tied for Florida Atlantic for number two. So this could be a... Decent preview of an AAC championship or semifinal potentially here between these two teams. And when we looked at this, the line just didn't make any sense. I mean, it looks like Charlotte could pull this win and finally give South Florida L. But we're looking at this game as more of a pick Um Then I look and I see all the bets and money on Charlotte. Does it make sense? Um, normally we would take Charlotte in this scenario, but it just doesn't make any sense to us why everyone's taking them, laying these points, and the line's moving up. So um, a team that hasn't lost a game in two months getting points against an unranked team that's 17 and 10, that's, that's take that to the bank every day. South Florida getting four, our next pick. Yeah, South Florida already won uh-huh. once against this team. They just beat SMU 79-68 as two-and-a-half-point underdogs uh, last Sunday in their most recent game. And, of course, uh, as we've just spoken about, they just won have won 13 straight games, uh-huh. also going 10-1-2 against the spread. Uh, so we're looking at that as another favorite for reason why to take South Florida. Um, on the other side, Charlotte, 
They've dropped two straight at Memphis and at Tulsa, and now they're just one and five against the spread in their past six games. Uh, give me the better team here, and you're looking at another South Florida win. I think this team can win the game outright. I'm getting four. Take South Florida. South Florida plus the four, and uh, those of you, I know we're doing audio still, and you guys can't see Boogie, but he's busting out in hives right now because we gave out four straight underdogs. So, Boogie, <laughs> let me get you your medicine, my friend. <clears throat> we move into the late-night action, and we're going to finally give a favorite, and I can already see Boogie's uh, reaction to giving all these dogs going away as we get back into the favorite category. Mm. Michigan State at Purdue. Bottom line here is this is Purdue's best chance they've had in quite some time to finally make a run at the national championship. Mm. Zach Eady's been dominant. Braden Smith has been good. Fletcher Lawyer's been consistent. Lance Jones, the senior, is very good. This is a deep team. Everybody knows their role, and they're undefeated at home this season. We talked about how Michigan State's been kind of petering out a little bit, back-to-back home losses to Iowa and Ohio State, respectively. Purdue is number one in the conference, and they're very close to clinching the Big Ten regular season title and potentially a number one overall seed. They are looked at as a Tier 1 team with Houston and UConn as the three best teams in the country. Number one overall seed right now, Michigan State, a nine seed at the moment. Um You know how Izzo is in March, but that magic for Izzo doesn't really start until the big dance. 18 consecutive NCAA tournament appearances for Izzo and Michigan State. And this guy always seems to find a way to get to the second weekend, doesn't he, Boogs? Number seven seed last year goes to the Sweet 16. Every single year this guy's in the dance, they get to the second weekend. And I'm not saying that can't be the case for Michigan State because we all know that it's January, February, Izzo. We get that. This is regular season action, though, at Purdue. Purdue just wants to keep their stock rolling. They're on a roll. They're at home. You're laying 10. And this this got blowout potential written all over it. Michigan State does not have the size and size to, to, inside, I should say, to match up with Zach Eady. They're trying to still figure out who their five man's going to be. They obviously have the great guards with with Walker and Hogard and Malik Hall as the swing man. But the problem, Boogie, is they cannot find any consistency at the five spot. Right. They're rotating like four different guys to play the five. You have a, fi- a four-man rotation at that position going against the best five-man in the country, the player of the year. Edie dominates, guards hit shots, they're at home, it's going to be rocking, easily Double-digit win for Purdue. Lay the 10. Blowout city today. Michigan State's going to get ran. Yeah, I think that uh, Michigan State, as we talked about, January, February, Izzo. uh, Purdue, though, comes in. Uh, Edie's already announced he's going to forego his COVID extra year that he could have uh, eligibility uh, and play as a 50-year senior. Uh, He's going to be in the NBA draft and probably the number one pick. Uh, We're looking, though, at a Purdue team that uh, needs to start shining, and I think that they can uh, at home today. Uh, They did beat Purdue last year, uh, January 29th, 77-61. Other than that, Purdue really has played some close games, but again, I think it's it's just the way that the season has been this year. I think that they can take care of business, laying 10. The books know why it's 10. There's a reason. You think that uh, Michigan State would be able to cover that 10, uh, being that it's an Izzo-led squad still, but uh, Purdue at home, I think they're just too much, too too much scoring going on. Not enough uh, scoring for Michigan State. 
and uh, Purdue gets the cover and the win. We're down the stretch run, Boogs. Uh, Purdue laying 10. They get Illinois at Illinois next week, which would be a great game, and they finish the season uh, next week, next Sunday, with Wisconsin at home and then the Big Ten tournament the following week. Purdue lay the 10. Uh, easy win, easy cover. One of the best teams in the nation. Game of the day could potentially be this Tennessee-Alabama, also at 5 o'clock. This is ESPN. This is simultaneous to Michigan State-Purdue. Tennessee-Alabama, two of the top teams in the country. Um, one of the games of the day, like we said, Tennessee's a two-seed right now. Alabama is a three-seed. Don Connect has burst on the scene, transfer from Northern Colorado. Averaging 26 a game in his last 14 games. Kids on fire. This is actually for number one overall in the SEC. 12-3 and three in conference, both of these teams are. Winner of this game will walk out of here uh, this evening as the number one team in the SEC. Interesting matchup of styles, too. Uh, Tennessee can score, but they also play defense. Alabama can score more, but they also don't play defense. I think that's the kicker. We know defense travels, and uh, Alabama's great at home. Don't get me wrong. Great home team. Two teams with Ken Palm loves them. Metrics love them. Computers love them. Two teams we could see in Phoenix, for sure, without a doubt. Um, Alabama and their offensive firepower. Tennessee... Scoring 81 a game themselves and also playing that good defense they play behind Rick Barnes, a Hall of Fame head coach with national championship on his mind yet again. Could be the best Tennessee team we've seen in quite some time. Big opportunity for both teams here. We got this game being a banger. I think the difference is Tennessee's defense. Both these teams can score. Alabama doesn't play defense. Defense travels. Tennessee's getting four, and we're taking the four. So go grab Tennessee, the Volunteers, getting four at Alabama. Yeah, Dalton Connect, I mean, he just scored 39 points. Uh, he's on fire. This team is great on defense, as you stated. Um, you know, Mark Sears on the other side with Alabama uh, is probably going to have something to say about it. But I think that with the way that Connect is playing, I think that Tennessee can keep it close and win this game outright. And you're giving me four. Uh, Tennessee, go ahead and uh, take Tennessee plus four points uh, with a great game ahead of them. Yeah, I mean, how can you trust this Bama defense? They've they, they've given up. They gave up 88 to Ole Miss. They gave up 117 points to Kentucky. Mm -hmm. 117 bugs in a college game. Mm -mm. Just not mm -mm. not mm -mm. the sauce. Mm -mm. 92 to LSU? No, 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 no. No defense. No Can't defense. trust them. We'll take Tennessee. They're the better well-balanced team. Last but not least, we go late night, 7 o'clock ESPN West Coast Conference. Matchup of the two best teams. Boogie, we talked about South Florida not losing a game since uh, January the 7th. St. Mary's hasn't lost a game in West Coast Conference play all season, and they have not lost a game since they lost to a fluky Missouri State team at home on December 23rd. This team has not lost a game since before Christmas, Boogs. Gonzaga has came on strong, though. Yes. St. Mary's did claim the uh, West Coast regular season title, ending a five-year run for Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. One of these two schools have won the West Coast every single year, it seems like. Um, this could be the second of three matchups as we fully expect these teams to link up at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas here in a few weeks to, uh, to play each other for the WCC title. Right now, St. Mary's <clears throat> firmly in the field. They're a sixth seed, very experienced. Gonzaga, kind of a newer face without a lot of familiar faces. Last four in. Great part about this is big opportunity for Gonzaga, but 
this does not hurt them if they lose this game. The opportunity will still be there for them. They might even be able to lose to St. Mary's two more in the tournament too and still get into this thing depending on all the hell that's going to break loose during championship week. Mm. St. Mary's at home. They're undefeated. They're great at home. We're taking St. Mary's money line minus $1.40 to wrap up the pod to beat Gonzaga. Yeah, I mean, I last year, year before that, year before that. All over Gonzaga. Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. Um, St. Mary's has shown me something this year. Uh, they already won as four-and-a-half-point underdogs in Spokane at the Kennel. Gonzaga, 64-62 St. Mary's win. I think that they can go ahead and win this game, obviously, at home now. That place is going to be rocking. Uh, they look for the undefeated season in-conference play. And uh, St. Mary's to get the cover. We're going to go minus 140 on the money line. And uh, St. Mary's Gales, winner, late-night action. Gales, baby. It's Saturday. It's the most loaded card of the season. We got five dogs and two favorites. Our five dogs are Florida here in a little bit, Illinois, Mississippi State, South Florida, and Tennessee. Two favorites, Purdue laying the 10 to blow out Michigan State. St. Mary's money line to beat Gonzaga. It's 8.40 a.m., everybody. Games are tipping off in about 25, 30 minutes. Go get your action in. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Happy March, everybody. Bearing out. Boogie out.